Good morning. So in 1958, this uh, professor named Paul Torrance started these creativity tests that he administered to 400 children in Minneapolis. And the creativity tests were essentially, um, I think it was a, a number of different tasks that he had kids of different ages complete, basically to test their ability to create solutions to problems and, and to create ideas for things. And so he would have like a toy, how could you improve this toy? And they would come up with ways to improve the toy. Um, he would draw a shape with an open end and he'd have them complete the shape. So for example, like a, a shape that might be shaped like this, and he would say complete the shape and the more sort of uh, shapes and, and additions they would give to that shape sort of represented some more creativity. Anyway, so he gave these tests to these students, and, and then he, and he continued to do this, but he watched these students over the next 50 years, along with another professor who came in and helped him out with this, to sort of see um, what creativity does to us in adulthood, how important it is, and how our level of creativity as a child affects us in the future of adulthood. And he really found some cool things. So in 50 years, he looked at some of his results of, some of the, those, that first round of kids, and he noticed that the kids with the higher, the kids that had the higher creativity, apt, creative aptitude, the creativity said, in comparison to the kids with higher IQ, the kids with higher creativity abilities actually were more successful, meaning these were the people who were the entrepreneurs, the presidents, the doctors, the lawyers. These are people who were making a mark to difference in society. So this was really cool and exciting for him to see for him to look at this. They kept watching these trends over the years, and um, this college student at the College of William and Mary looked at these, looked at 300,000 of these test results from the span of, from 1958 and through 2010, and was really excited to see that the trend of creativity of kids were getting more and more and more and more creative, and their scores were actually getting higher and higher. And then this article came out of this study in Newsweek, and this article really changed a lot of things and startled a lot of people in the, in the education field, in the psychiatry field. Because what the article showed was that although these, these scores and these statistics grew and grew and grew, there came a point in time when they actually stopped growing and not only stopped growing, they decreased incredibly. And starting in 1990, the scores of creativity for kids started to decrease uh, I mean, a lot. And I guess over these years, this is, these are tests from all over the world. And the tests that showed the lowest scores and continue to decline from that point on, from that point, um, were those of American kids ages kindergarten to sixth grade. Yikes. That's really, really scary and really disheartening to hear that our kids at that point in time um, were showing less creativity in these tests. The past few weeks, we've done this message series called The Artistry of God. I love this sermon series. This is something that Andy had on his heart. He really just wanted us to explore and talk about um, the creativity of God. Um, in the first week, he talked about the creativity of the creator, of God, how we can look around and see his creation and see how incredible and beautiful. I mean, even just the um, the coloring of, of, of flowers and wild animals to our abilities as human beings. His, his creativity knows 
no bounds. And then the second week, last week, um, Aaron talked about um, valuing the life of the created. And he, I love this. He, he explained sort of what pro-life really, really means, what it should look like, what it means to be thankful of the created and to admire it and to use it the way it was designed. This week, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, being creative and expelling and exploring the creative side of you. I had a conversation with one of you this morning, she's right back there, who swore she was not creative. Not true. And I'm here to prove that to every one of you. Actually, most of you I know are extremely creative because I've seen a lot of your talents and abilities lived out. We're going to look at some of those projects that you guys sent later on this morning. Um, But right now I want to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. And this is kind of the verse that's going to send us off today into to exploring what it means to um, be creative in the name of Jesus. So open up your Bibles. I think the page numbers are 815. Just a quick verse. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's actually a lot there. We were created to do good things. When it says good works, it doesn't just mean tasks and projects. Instead, it means we were created to do lots of incredible, great things. The Bible says that we were created in God's image. This is called the Imago Dei. We're going to talk about that here. I have a quote up here from two guys I have a lot of respect for that wrote this book called Read Jesus. And it's, a, it's a book about living out the missional church and how it changes uh, the, the paradigm shift of the way church has been done for years and years in America and how it needs to be done. It, in this book, they talk about one of the ways that we need to be better expression of Jesus is through Imago Dei. So here's a quote. It says, God has already touched every person, leaving his unique fingerprints on that person's soul. The Latin term for this is Imago Dei the image of God. To say that we are all made in the image of God is to acknowledge that there are certain special qualities of human nature that allow God to be made manifest in us. It is a statement about God's love for humans, but also a statement about the uniqueness and beauty of humans. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this time and this space that you've gifted us this morning. It's no mistake that we are here gathered in your name. Um, I believe, Lord, that you have some good truth for us this morning. I pray that our minds are open, Lord, to what you're trying to say to us, how you're trying to lead us, Lord, how you're calling us to live. All right, very uncreatively, I'm going to run through a few lists this morning. This is kind of how I think and how I put this together. I hope that's okay. We're going to run through some lists pretty quickly. These lists are by no means exhaustive, but these are things that I felt sort of were important for you to hear and came to my heart. So the first thing we're going to talk about is some reasons that we should live creatively. So I'm going to put these on the the screen. Number one, well, first of all, I should say this. We were made in God's image. Let's remember God's not a boring God, and we shouldn't live a boring life. So number one, why live creatively? Exploring creativity teaches us to see possibilities and opportunities. I know I am in a room full of problem solvers. I know most of you pretty well. 
And that's sort of how most of us are geared. We like to see a problem and we like to solve it. We can't be problem solvers without having a creativity and ability to see outside a box and to see interesting ways to do things. That's how we solve problems. In order to be able to do that, you have to grow and um, use your creative muscles. The second thing on that list, let's see, creative impression inspires and motivates us. So impression, what we take in from looking at created things. So we are impressed by them. Can you think of a time when you were so moved by something that it stirred you to respond? Maybe it was a film, maybe it's a painting, maybe it's something in nature, it's a song that somebody sings, um, it's a quote, it's poetry. Um, there are so many different things that can inspire us. And it's important for us to take the things that God puts before us and allow ourselves to be inspired so we can be moved and motivated by that. Number three, the creative expression. It relieves us and it inspires and motivates others. There is something relieving about taking something bottled up inside of us and um, we have hope, we have fear, we have pain, and we need ways for us to expel those emotions in ways that are healthy for us and that encourage us to think on them and to meditate on what God's saying to us through those things. And that is one gift that we get in being creatively expressive. And not only that, just like you are inspired by others' work, your work inspires others. I talked to Tom this morning. Tom is a painter, a gifted painter right here. And Tom was telling me that before he was married, he was doing a lot of painting and selling these paintings. And he said he got such a thrill out of the idea that he would create this painting in a couple of hours and somebody would pay $1,000 for it. He thought that was so great. But if you think about it, if somebody is willing to spend that much money on a piece of work, they are moved by it. Something is happening to them in response to something that you created. It gives us the ability to connect with each other through our created works. Okay, the second list, some constraints to creativity. Get in my... These are some things I would love for you to consider and think about in your own life. What are some of these things that get in my way? Because I know, like I said, we have some creative people in here. What are the, way, what are the things that get in the way of us expressing those creative gifts? Number one... Too much noise. Noise meaning too much stuff filling up our brains. On one side, you're all hard workers. A lot of us take our work home with us. A lot of us work late into the night. And our brains just don't stop trying to solve those problems. And we exhaust ourselves mentally. And um, too much noise, we're looking at our phones, at mindless stuff. How many of us like to watch a lot of Netflix? I, I say us. I, I'm writing this message, and it was a guilty moment for me. I know I need to watch less Netflix. Um, but there is nothing wrong with enjoying that art. But when you get to the point where you go from working hard to then tuning out completely, you are really capping yourself on creativity. Number three, or number two, too much sameness. By the way, sameness is a word. I'm just saying it, it's in Webster.com. I'm just saying too much sameness. I liked the silliness of that word because I wanted you to hang on to this. There's too much of us trying to be like someone else. There's a difference between being inspired by somebody and by looking at somebody and copying the things that they do because it gives us the security of it's okay to do that because they did it, right? I am 
very much that person. I, I'm a follower. I like to, I feel safe when I see that somebody has done something, I feel okay doing it. There's too much of that. God created us so differently. Every single one of us is like a snowflake. Every one of us is different. We could look a lot alike, but our experiences are going to be very different. We, our experiences could be the same, but they're going to be expressed and lived out in different ways. So we're all very different, um, but somehow we seem to like to try to be the same. It feels safe. Number three kind of goes in line with that. The number three constraint to creativity, too much fear. We fear um, being vulnerable or opening ourselves up to something. We fear other people seeing the real insides of us and the emotions and the thoughts that we have. And if we don't fear that, um, we fear how people respond to that. Um, I think we also fear expressing ourselves creatively because it doesn't feel like it's solving a problem. It doesn't feel like it's constructive. And we fear following down something that takes us away from something else. And the third list I have for you, how to live creatively. So here's some encouragement for you. If you find yourself being constrained by stress, by fear, um, by sameness, by noise, number one, embrace the quiet. We talk th about that a lot here at Restore. We talk about the idea of make sure you are taking time to rest. Quiet. Don't turn on Netflix. Don't turn on your music. Don't turn on a podcast. Go outside. Listen to the wind. Um, sit in your car with silence. Um, embrace the times when you can have quiet because it's then that our brains can do the most thinking and, and come up with creative ideas and dreaming and imagining. Do you remember what it was like as a child to pretend? I was watching my son pretend yesterday out the window and he was um, on the driveway and he was doing this. If anybody can guess what this is, points to you, I couldn't. He had no idea I was watching him, but it was so precious, and it was so sweet, and it just reminded me of how much fun that is to pretend and to create situations and to imagine what he would, it would be like if, uh, if this happened or if that happened. What a beautiful place that's given us is when we give our It's really where we get to see our, our and to imagine. Number two, enjoy and explore art. Specifically, I would even encourage you to explore something that is new, that is not something that you naturally just go to, something that's out of the normal for you. Maybe you already appreciate painting or you already appreciate music. Look at something new. Um, I watched a video the other day of somebody doing calligraphy. I have the intention of learning calligraphy. It will never happen. But watching somebody... Thank you for the courtesy laugh, Stephen. Watching somebody do calligraphy was so relaxing and beautiful to me. Um, it, I think that's important for us to explore those things. We live in a great city and a great part of the country to do that. We have, we have some pretty amazing museums where people have expressed their lives, situations that they've been through, the pain that they've had, the excitement that they ha they've had, the joy, love, romance, exciting things, exploring new things. People have expressed these things in forms of art. There's lots of cool places to go check that out in. 
in D.C. And New York is not very far. Lots of really neat things to explore. And, of course, we do have the Internet to explore some of those things. I encourage you, don't just make it about the tasty f cooking videos or uh, a YouTube, unless you're looking up calligraphy. But, but there are lots of different things that you should explore. What it does is it lights up different parts of your brain that you don't use. It opens your brain up to thinking and exploring new things. Number three, learn something new. I think this is really exciting and also harder the older that you get. Take yourself out of the box that you've put yourself in. We've all sort of put ourselves in this box of this is my life. This is how I'm going to live. I'm going to do shoot for this goal and do X, Y, Z to get there. I'm this kind of person. This is my Myers-Briggs. This is my strengths finders. This is my um, what, fivefold gifting. Whatever it is, you put yourself in this spot and you sort of just kind of feel good that you come into a place where you're just confident now. You just want to stick there. But that's not very creative. God has given us this gift of continuing to be molded and changed and grown and these brains that are so incredibly capable. There's so many things that we could explore. So I encourage you to try to learn something new. Maybe it's calligraphy. Um, maybe it's painting. But it's something that's just completely out of the norm for you that, that draws you in and helps you to express. And number four, integrate expression into your life. The rest of the lists are really good, but this is the, the piece that I think that Jesus wants us to draw from the most this morning. Like I said, I know so, so many of you are creatively gifted and express yourselves so beautifully in many different ways. But God calls us to use those giftings for him. He's given us those giftings to bring him glory, whatever that looks like. That doesn't mean you have to sing in a worship team or that you have to write poetry about Jesus. That's a beautiful thing to do. But we honor God by expressing ourselves in normal life in order to inspire and connect with others, to relieve ourselves of stresses that don't come from Jesus, and to really just enjoy his presence and his his creation, right? So integrate expression into your life. And here's how you do this. Every day when you wake up in the morning, take a moment of quiet. Pray about your day. Think about what Jesus has to do with you that day. Take something in your day. I'm going to challenge you here. Cut out a half hour of Netflix or a podcast or whatever it is. And instead, spend some time in quiet. Spend some time in quiet and just see what God has to say to you. See where hid that we actually have to be, think for ourselves and think about something that's not problem-solving related and that, or work-related or caring for kids-related or whatever. It's not necessarily responsible. It's just free to think and to express. Um, spring is a wonderful time to do that. Go and take in God's beautiful nature. The cherry blossoms. Anybody go see the cherry blossoms yet? I know you have. Raise your hands. Come on. Woo! All right. Yes, you have. Yeah. You're lying, Aaron. I don't think you have. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, I'm really excited to show you guys some, some things that you have sent to me. And these are expressions of your creativity. 
I'm really excited because I think we, we talk a lot to each other on Sunday mornings in some initial communities, but we rarely really get to see each other's art and, and expression. And so I'm going to show you some things uh, from members of our church. There are also things here set out over here. I'll talk about that in a minute. But let's go through some pictures. Let me show you guys some stuff. All right. First picture we have. So this is, this is one of a few pictures she sent me. Um, Mari Claire is not here this morning, but um, her and, and Liz Thiel have a business where they design uh, weddings, essentially, and um, they do some incredible work. It is beautiful and romantic and pretty and delightful and very, very gifted people. Mari Claire actually is also, she's incredibly talented. She's also a singer and a pianist and a dancer. She is somebody who I believe has really expressed herself well creatively. And her and Liz uh, do event planning, FYI, if you need any events planned, Liz is here. They do beautiful work. Look at the next one. Another incredibly talented creative is Amy Dittmer, who does floral design. Isn't that gorgeous? You guys, I had one of my favorite moments of going to Athens a few weeks ago was getting to go up on this hillside with Amy and with Karen, and there's all these gorgeous wildflowers. Now, I love flowers. My favorite thing in the world to photograph is flowers, but Amy has a different relationship with flowers than anybody I know. She just walked around. We were, Karen and I were doing nerdy pictures and selfies up on this hill, and Amy walked around and gathered all these gorgeous wildflowers. I should have brought a picture of that and just made this incredible bouquet just out of this field. It was so beautiful, and this is one of her creations. She does floral design. She's also immensely talented creatively and has lots of other creative gifts as well, but this is one, they, one way that she expresses her creativity. Let's look at the next picture. This is Jen Howard's. I love this. This is Jen Howard right here. Jen Howard said that she was, she painted this, was it during your dissertation, break from your dissertation? When she was uh, pursuing her PhD and she needed a break from writing her dissertation, she just made this. <laughs> Must be nice to have a brain like that. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, and you have this hanging in your house, don't you? It's in your office. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? All right, let's look at the next one. David Proctor, who actually brought his headdress in right here. This is a part of his family and his tradition. And Lucy, you're telling me you spend, I mean, David, you spend hours and hours on these. And what a time to slow your brain and slow your thoughts and your focus is not on anything else. It's instead, it's on something that is so intricate. Excuse me. I think that's beautiful. So if you guys want to check that out after the services, headdress is right over here, and David can tell you more about it, or Lucy will, one of them. Let's look at the next one. Um, Jess Buckta is not here today. She is also another person who is just has multiple creative talents. She designs cakes. Sorry, guys, who didn't get to come to our Michelle community the other night. We had this at Michelle community. And it was this Dutch chocolate cake with, oh, it was incredible. It's probably the best chocolate cake I've ever had in my life, ever. Not to brag. You should come to Michelin Community. Just saying. <laughs> Jess is, is, is extremely talented with cakes. She also, um, she's a canvas that's wrapped up. I haven't had a chance to unwrap that. We can unwrap that if you'd like to see what she does. She's very talented. And the next one, let's see. We have Tyler, our resident chef. 
I love this. I'm sorry to make this awkward for you, but all glory to God. Let's look at his creation. It says, oven roasted. I'm going to make you all hungry. Oven roasted curried yellow carrot tomato and sweet potato soup made just a tad sweet and creamy with some coconut milk topped with some fresh popped curried popcorn, toasty warm roasted almonds, dry skillet charred red kale, and sriracha. Okay, who's hungry? <laughs> who's having Tyler over? He is quite the food artist. Let's see what we have. who we have next. Oh, that's Aaron. <laughs> before I explain, yes, he's a work of art. Um, before I explain this, <laughs> we also have some things, like I said, over here. Tyler made some salsa over here. Um, Stephen has some really cool things that he's made over the years. Um, that are right over on this shelf. You guys got to come check this out and even feel it with your hands. Um, and then over here, Phil and a group of guys from our church, um, they make beer and they make really tasty beer. And he brought some, if you all want to take communion and share the goblet, he brought some. He said this was his Christmas blend. He said it's gotten fruity. It's IPA-ish. I sound like I know a lot about beer. I know. Anyway, that's sitting over here. Um, just a, such a cool creative expression. Um, and then, yes, this. So my two favorite ways, uh, to, I guess, to express myself creatively is through photography and through singing. I talked about fear earlier. For so long, um, I was fearful about singing because I'm, I'm not Mariah Carey. And I really thought that if you wanted to express yourself and to sing in front of people, you really needed to be incredible, like recording artist level. Um, same thing with photography. I got really shy about it for a while. I didn't want anybody to see what I did because I didn't want people to point out my flaws and pick at it. Um, and none of that fear comes from Jesus. God gave, it, gave me that ability to share my impressions and my expressions in this way. Um, and my call isn't to decide whether or not it's good enough, and neither is yours. My call is to respond to how God calls us and, and live in faith and express with faith. And so what you're seeing is something I, I just stumbled upon this picture the other day. Aaron and I saved for years, got to go to Europe a couple of years ago. Um, some of you watch my kids, they're awesome. And um, the number one motivation for me to go to Europe was because I really, really wanted to take pictures of red poppies in Italy, which sounds silly because they're actually like weeds there. I didn't know that at the time, but um, they're pretty gorgeous weeds. And so let me show you the next picture. There it is. There's a picture of poppies. I, I wanted a picture of a red poppy in my house to blow up, but I didn't want that until it was my picture. And so I got to go and, be, and experience the poppies and experience the golden sun in Tuscany, I'm sorry if that's a little braggadocious. You guys got to go. Um, but the picture of Aaron is probably, at least today, this is how I feel, probably my favorite picture I've ever taken. Um, if you could put that back up there. Uh, there is no, there's no Photoshopping. Um, I, I took the picture. There's a beautiful sun flare. Um, it's one of my favorite moments in Italy. We were right by this rolling hill with all these hay bales that were rolled up, and it just felt very Tuscan <laughs> and just very beautiful. And I wanted to capture my favorite part of the whole experience was being with my husband. And so what you're seeing is a, a product of um, 
a meaningful and important getaway for me and my husband to connect. And that's my creative expression of what I got out of that. Um, and he happens to be a good-looking guy. <laughs> um, sorry, honey. <laughs> Let's take a look at one last verse. As we consider, we're going to look at this verse in Isaiah. This is one to write down. Let's remember that God is continuing to mold us and create us. And we are to live that out in creative ways. This verse says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. All right, will you stand with me? It's a little funny to speak and then sing. But this is my other favorite expression. Creative is, is singing, and I love more than anything to sing with you. We're going to sing one of my very favorite songs this morning. It's called Spirit Move. <laughs>